subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. So we got a couple texts from Jeff in Fort Smith and Joe and Van Buren on the McCarty Daniel Hotline asking about Jalen Catalan, who has entered his name back in the transfer portal from Texas, asking if there would be any idea of him coming back to Fayetteville at this point. I don't know how often that happens in football. The Ar- the only Arkansas example I can think of is when you listen, initially had Jimmy Witt, who played under Mike Anderson, go to SMU after spending his freshman year in Arkansas and then come back to Arkansas under Eric Musselman. Again, two different coaching regimes in Fayetteville, but that's the one I could think of. Now, we've seen guys football-wise that have entered their name in the portal and then pull it back out, i.e. Malik Hornsby, but you haven't necessarily seen, at least to my knowledge, any guy that's gone somewhere else and then come back in football. No, I don't I don't think so. Not in football. Like you said, Jimmy Witt's the only one I can even think of in any sport. Uh, here at Arkansas, I'm sure it's happened elsewhere. We just don't pay as much attention. But uh, that's the odd and unusual world we now live mm-hmm. in where things like this are not just crack pipe conversations you have after a few too many on the bar stool. They're, they're like realistic, could, actually could happen, sane conversations. It's wild. It's just a different world we live in. Now, Matt in Mountain Home wondering, do you think kids are majoring will factor in where they choose to go? <laughs> Matt, I, yeah. <laughs> I think Matt was using some sarcasm on you there. I think, I yeah, think that yeah, might be. Yes, Matt, the degree plans are very important to the process. Yeah, I mean, I get there certain. <laughs> don't even need one. To, don't even need a degree anymore. Yeah, I, I guess graduate degrees are important in some colleges and some programs are better than others, but that is most of the time not the issue of where it is to go. And, and Chuck kind of alluded to it yesterday. When you're a starter at an SEC program, and you're leaving somewhere else, most of the time it's probably going to come down to, to money. At least that is the, I think, the outside ex, uh, interpretation of what's going on. Yeah, there are some times that there is an, a difference or an anomaly, but that is, again, more often than not the indication of what's going on. I just hope all of these guys have smart people around them that aren't trying to dig in their pocket and are socking a lot or most of this money away. I fear that's not being done based on some of the pictures and things we see. But, I mean, you may never make this much money again in your life. It may take you a decade to make the, as much money as you're going to make in a year. So, for some of these guys. So, so I just hope they hope they sock it away because it is life-changing money. Yeah. There's a, a guy that does stats for Fox. And I, I was curious because we hear this all the time about, well, I don't like college football as much. I don't, I don't like the transfer portal NIL. This past calendar year, regular season-wise, was the highest amount of people that have ever watched college football ever across all platforms. So, again, even with certain things heading in certain directions – the statistics bear out that people aren't watching less of college football, even if there's stuff we don't like. Because people, again, we have people that text in, we have people that have called in before that said, "Well, I don't like this, I don't like that." Well, you're still watching it, yeah. No, you're so right. that that that's the reality of what's going on. And I, well, but I'm gonna, th- I, I believe this just just old Tommy, Uncle Tommy talking here. I think if we all really knew the truth and we all knew what was really going on and how much money they were really getting we'd all be massively turned off i don't think i think we just know the the tip of the iceberg and a bit more i think there's a lot more to all of this financially and i think i mean as far as how much money these players are actually getting through nil what they're also getting through full cost of attendance what what else is being provided I think it would be um, very, 
it'd be a major turnoff to most fans. Well, it'd be a, tur- a, a turnoff, but again, that's not going to force you. For, so I'm not a big fan of the fact that Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter um, people are making millions upon millions of dollars. That irritates me that someone at 10 years old is making eight to 10 times more than I'll ever make in my entire life. But that doesn't prevent me from getting on social media for information, the real stuff you and I always talk about, how we'll just be scrolling, scrolling, yeah, but that's scrolling. more anonymous. That's more anonymous, the, these these internet, yeah, I don't know if superstar is in the right word, but these content creators yeah, that make a lot of money. For. These content creators. You know, we just wish we were more creative, I guess. Mm-hmm. We can understand. And I, listen, I wish I was taller and faster, but I'm not. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I just think if, if the average fan is probably closer to my age than yours, really had a full grasp on how much money this really is in a lot of in a lot of cases for some players that aren't performing at all mm-hmm. we'd go uh yeah you know. well that's it to your point sam Pittman has gotten some criticism based on the salary he makes so we know his because that's public knowledge right and we've had fans that have called in and say well he's making six million dollars yeah why is this happening why is this he should make that money he should do this, do that, the the whatever. So I think there is some truth to that. But we're also getting into situation as we brought up. You heard Matt Rule say publicly a good starting quarterback's worth between one and two million dollars, which is in some cases more than what the offensive coordinator is making. If you look at professional athletics, most of the time, unless it's a rookie, the professional athlete makes more than the coach. So there is a dynamic of sorts that is kind of odd when that said person is making more than their quote-unquote boss slash coach, however you want to frame it at this point. That is going to happen more and more in college football where you have these quarterbacks that are so high profile mm-hmm. that are worth so much amount of money that it's it's not going to be the anomaly. It's going to be the rule. Okay, so let's just slide up here on the bar stool and just have a, a, a bar stool chat for a second, all right? What if we did this with coaches, quarterbacks, you know, coordinators on down the list. But let's just let's just use head coaches for for an example. Now, this is something that won't happen. But let's just say every school, you know, you you talk about people complaining that Sam Pittman makes eight million. People in Alabama would say Nick Saban's not paid enough, right? So, what if just every school? All right, we're gonna put eight million dollars in the pot for the head coaches. That'd be one hundred twenty-eight million with sixteen schools in our league. And now we're gonna just pay out the coaches one through sixteen based on performance. So the the winning coach. Like this past weekend, Nick Saban, you don't get ten million or twelve million dollars. You get twenty percent of the pot as the winner. You get twenty five million, and then you just work it on down based on performance. Now, I think I think fans would really be interested. You talk about making the games more interesting if the coaches, the quarterbacks, the team, the players were paid based on your your finish in the league. Wouldn't that make the games more entertaining? I think it would, but it's not going to happen no. that way. But that would be that would bring the transparency to the equation. That, it, it's just a you know that's a funsy conversation, but you know put all the money in one pot for your conference. All right, whoever finishes you know in seventh place, you get seventh place money. No different. You having a fishing tournament or golf tournament or whatever, mm-hmm. but they'll never do it that way. No, that won't. But wouldn't that it, it'd make it more entertaining? I. Yeah, no pushback on that. All right, let's take some calls on this on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. First goes to JR this morning. What's up, JR? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Good, buddy. Hey, you know what? I, this this also, along with something like that, if, if they, the colleges would all get together, and I know the NCAA is just a, just a word anymore. They don't have any backbone. Why can't they just initiate where the players have to set out a year or two before, you know, if they want to transfer out. I mean, that doesn't affect NIL. I mean, you still, you know, if you, if people want to pay you to sit there on the bench till you're, you're, you know, till you're ready to play. I mean, that that's up to the university, but if, if they would initiate some type of, you know, penalty or I guess penalty, if you're going to transfer, you have to you have to set out a year well, at least. They've went back to that unless you're a graduate. Now, if you are a graduate and have a degree, it you know all bets are off. You get one transfer without penalty now, and then I believe the second transfer you have to sit unless you're a graduate. If I understand Correct. the rule right, correct. So I mean, 
They've done some of what you're talking about, and it's not as tight as I think you would prefer, and maybe I prefer, but they and it's not as loose as it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, what I would prefer, and I don't know if this would ever happen, is if you do transfer the one the first time. Now, when you become a graduate, I don't think there should be any rules. You should be able to play wherever you want, transfer wherever you want, whatever. But if you're still an underclassman or you haven't graduated yet, if you are going to transfer... I would hope that there would be a way where you wouldn't do it between conferences. I, I would. Think, I, I wish, even with the graduates, you got one addition. You, you earn an additional transfer without penalty, but a graduate shouldn't transfer more than once. Why do you? Well, I mean, if you're a graduate, you should be only finishing up a graduate degree, which does not take nearly as long. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole idea is that you could go somewhere else to get your your master's, your MBA somewhere, or you know, start law school or, or what, whatever your degree path is, right? That, that, that's, that's the thing that's the, uh, it's most one to two unicorns and rainbow conversation. You know, we talk about things that aren't reality. I mean, that's, that's what they'll tell you. I mean, how many times should you be allowed as a graduate to transfer? And you're saying as many as you want. I'm saying how many years can it actually be before you run out of eligibility? How long does it even take you to get your degree? Between, Two and a half to three at best, right? Between COVID and red shirting and... and yeah, uh, but all and this COVID stuff's going to wash out mm-hmm. in the next year or two, I guess. But, I mean, how many years should a graduate be allowed? Depends on what program and what well, like I mean, you're saying. Again, we can't over here five minutes ago laugh about degree programs, and now it's a reality. So, I mean, which is it? Are they going... Are they actually transferring because... The University of Arkansas, or pick any other school, doesn't have an MBA? Well, I mean, what school doesn't have a, a you know, I, I guess it does happen in some circumstances, but they're not transferring because the school they're at, well, I love it, but they just don't have the master's program I want. It's not about academics. Let's not be sheep. Let's not be blind on this. I mean, I, I just think there ought to be a limit even on the graduates to one. You get one and it doesn't cost you a year. You don't have to sit, but okay. you can't have... You can't be playing at three schools should be the max. Shouldn't play at three schools in three years. That shouldn't happen. Okay. Let's talk to Larry, who's in Sardis, Arkansas, this morning on line two. What's up, Larry? Well, I'm with Uncle Tommy. I'm so turned off about NIL that you believe I, I, I haven't even been watching the Razorbacks do anything. I get my information from y'all, so I don't seem ignorant, but it's, it's got my, it, it just, it makes that college education you got, Ty, worthless. What is that thing supposed to be worth? And, brother, when I ask, ask you this question, did you get training table and everything you needed and wanted taken care of when when you went to college? No, it was, uh, it was kind of reality shock, and it was good for me. That four years. Kind of, you know, I'm, I'm saying is, that's worth a, a lot more than a lot of us got. You know what I'm saying? And That's I, where you learn to be self-sufficient for the first time, man. Yeah. Well, well, and I don't mean to be... I don't think they should be in debt when they leave college, but I don't think that we ought to be in debt either. You know? And uh, I'm sorry, but I, I'm turned off by it completely. Uh, I don't know how the NIL fundraiser is going, but there's a lot more people like me than there is uh, contributing. I'll bet you that. And uh, how far are we going to sell ourselves to uh, have a football program well, or any kind of college athletic program? Well, let's not but pretend. Let's not pretend like it's only at Arkansas. I mean, yeah. this no, isn't this, this isn't an Arkansas only problem. Arkansas is just trying to keep up with the rest of the game. So and, no, I hear sir. what you're saying, and, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. But let's not no, act like, not, you know, this isn't just, hey, Arkansas's messing it up deal. I don't mean to be rude, but it didn't come from Arkansas. This come from California. This whole thing come from California, and everybody got greedy and started banging on the drugs and wanting money. Everybody. I think you meant to be rude. I agree that college coaches get paid way too much money. Yeah. But, uh... People think I do too, so I'll just let that alone. I appreciate y'all's time, but and I do appreciate y'all's info because until it gets straightened up, I'm I'm gonna be a closet Razorback fan, and that's that's just the way it is. And I appreciate you. We'll see if we can bring you out of the closet again. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Larry. Here's what I would 
I would say to this, and I, I don't know if Larry just didn't watch his second in the games this season or listen at all. No, I, he gets all I, of his information from us. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I didn't know if he, again, if that happened midseason. I, in my opinion, I don't think our fan base would have the same opinion about NIL if this team went 8-4 and four this oh, year. Oh, you are, you are a thousand percent right. But what once. happened is they went 4-8, and eight, yep. and that if we go back on our McCarty Daniel well, hotline, our text and calls, and there are, again, a lot of Sam Pittman pushback, and some of it was deserved. But a good chunk of the other reason that at least our listeners had put together was they pointed to NIL being the problem. NIL is not a problem in Michigan. NIL is not a problem with several other colleges that had well, successful seasons. But because Arkansas had a bad season, that's what you blame at this point. I would be interested to hear what the, you know, the, the pulse of the fan base. And, you know, it, it's probably a, a slightly different than here, but I bet you there's still fans in Alabama, fans in Michigan, fans in Georgia, even fans in Texas that are turned off by the state of the sport. And again, Arkansas and all these other schools are just doing what you got to do to to be competitive. You I mean, can, you I, can be I try, trust me, these coaches, if you could get them to be honest in a private moment, these coaches don't like it either. These administrators don't like all this either. But it's what you got to do to compete now. And here's what I would say to that before we take another call. You can have your feelings about it and push back and not agree with it. That's all well and good. But as a fan base, if we don't participate in it, you're going to see more seasons like this. That is the reality. You're exactly right. That is the reality. There's a lot of things that you pay in various aspects of your life that you don't like or you think is unfair, you think is unjustified, taxes being probably the foremost on that. But if we didn't pay taxes, what would be the state of I-49 or I-40? Yes, and the football program here in Fayetteville is going to continue on this road if there is not more NIL funds in Sam Pittman's cupboard to use. That sucks, but that's just the reality that is facing this football program and others that are struggling right now. Hey, we're brought to you by Farm Credit. If you have a loan with a variable or balloon rate and it's coming to terms soon and you're worried about what the new payment's going to be as you roll that loan over, talk to Farm Credit about a long-term fixed rate for the life of the loan. Farm Credit's long-term fixed rates offer peace of mind in changing economic times. In fact, of the longest terms in the ag industry. Talk to Farm Credit today. Find an office near you at myaglender.com. That's myaglender.com. Farm Credit is an equal housing lender. We'll jump back into this conversation coming up an hour or two, but I do want to touch again last night on Arkansas basketball. We saw Tremont Mark, who I didn't think was going to play last night, but evidently Coach Must said he really, really wanted to play. Uh, They had a conversation prior to last night. Mark has started in the games this season that he's been able to play. Didn't start last night. Here's what Musk said about that conversation prior to the game. I think the one thing you learn in the NBA is is you don't change a player's rotation or role based on injury. And certainly he had an injury. And, you know, if you change the rotation based on productivity, that is what it is. But certainly the game that T. Mark was coming off, I did not want him to feel that his role as a starter was changing based on the fact that he had an injury. Because, again, the, the place that I grew up at and the pros, you just don't do that. So I thought it was worthy of a conversation. He said, I figured that was coming, coach, and I'm cool with it. Anything that you think can help us win. So he had great maturity when when he and I talked earlier today. So I was listening to Chuck and Musk visit before the game on the on the radio broadcast. He said he had had an early workout before the game uh, that he had done before they recorded that interview, which is done an hour or so before uh, the broadcast starts. So about an hour and a half before the game. Things foot look good. Must said he was going to visit with the trainer even maybe during the game, but Mark wouldn't start. He anticipated him playing, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and it was just going to be based on basically conversations between um, T. Mark, Muss, and the trainer. And obviously, you know, those workouts and then the warm-ups with the team before the game all went well enough. So, And we saw some minutes and some productivity last night. So I'd say he's, uh, you know, you, you need him Saturday against OU, and particularly if Trevin Brazell's ankle injury is, you know, 
it's severe enough that he doesn't play maybe this Saturday. Yeah, 10 guys played last night. So your starters were as follows. Chandler Lawson, Trevor Brazil, Devo Davis, Jeremiah Davenport, and L. Ellis. Guys that came off the bench, including Caleb Battle, mentioned Mark, Lane Blocker, Makai Mitchell, and Jalen Graham. A 10-man rotation is not what I anticipate based on these last four years continuing at this point. Again, must mention defensive assignments were some of the reasons that other guys got to play in these situations, but it's not like any of those guys that I just mentioned are trying to give up minutes or trying to give up spots. We've mentioned the, again, the competitiveness in practice Layden blocker, even as a true freshman, doesn't look like he just wants to sit the bench. He is the guy that comes in and gives you instant energy. He plays defense. And again, he's not the best shooter. He's got to work on his late game situations, but he wants to play at this point. Battle blocker, Mark Mitchell, Graham, any of those five that came off the bench, you don't think uh, there's no way they could fit into the starting rotation in a, in a spot? I mean, I don't want to say you have 10 starters. I won't go that far, but you're kind of close to having 10 guys you could interchange based on matchups, based on injury, based on need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would... I mean, there's not... I guess what I'm trying to say, there's too many words to say. There's not a ton of drop-off. I would maybe say Jalen Graham's not a starter, but we've seen him go off for 26 points against Alabama and Florida last season twice, so... Again, he's shown the capability. Still got to work on his defense and some other stuff. But, again, that is a luxury. But 10 deep without a ton of drop-off, is yeah. that a fair statement? No, that, yeah, yeah, that is to this point. Okay. So Because a lot of teams can't say that. I mean, 10 deep with not a ton of uh, – you know, maybe you say, well, that means your first five aren't good enough. I wouldn't go that far either. Just look to the – I think it was against Duke. He won the bench points 36-9, to nine, if I remember that right. So – Caleb Battle, when he's putting in 25 off the bench, a lot of times you're going to continue to win that statistic. And Arkansas has had that element of success so far this year. And based on some of those guys that you can bring off the bench, that's an area you should be able to win. You'll lose some other areas, but you should be able to win bench production. Battle gave you 21 against Duke off the bench, so that went a long ways to that 36 nine total. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's talk to Sterling. He called in first hour. We weren't able to get him in. Sterling, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing much, guys. Uh, you know, the amount of money uh, kids make or a person make doesn't bother me. Uh, and the NIL don't guarantee victory. It just gets you in the game. You know, it don't it don't guarantee you anything. It gets you in the game. As long as I see a school pay out seventy six million to a man not to work, you know, you take ten percent of that, each scholarship football player can make eighty nine thousand plus a year. So as long as you can do that, 
And I know every school can't do it. But we could have paid out, you know, I mean, we have we got sixteen whenever we got files worth sixteen million and all that stuff. I don't want to hear about how much a kid makes. I mean I don't I don't wanna hear it. I I, I I don't care about what he made. I ain't gonna begrudge him for what he does and transferring and uh doing what we all do out here, trying to make a buck. And it, it don't it don't it don't make me not want to watch the sport. Because I've been like this, it's been some sort of chicanery throughout the sport ever since I've, I've been watching it. So, but to each his own is what the good book says. So, if you want to stop watching that, that's completely your business. My thing is, nobody, nobody quits watching Sterling. That's just something know, they say on a radio show. No one quits watching. I know, thanks, sorry. I, I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt. But my main, my, the only thing that, that, that I don't like is, well, it's two things. I don't want a coach talking about, and I'm, I'm talking about our coach in this instance. When he first got here talking about a dream job, I remember before I asked him about the incentives when he made the bowl game, about how much incentives, how much money he was gonna make for making a bowl game. He had, like, he had no idea. He don't keep up with that. All he knows is his base salary and, and $3 million is more than enough. And then as soon as you get a chance, you fire an agent, hire the, the biggest, baddest, and, and try to, you know, get all you can get. Which I don't begrudge that part, but that's don't tell me that you don't care about it and then act like you care about it. But, so with all these kids, like Dickerson, that went to Kansas from Michigan, he was straight up a visit. He wants to, he's going to his highest business. That's all, that's all I need to know. I, I don't understand... The progression. If you don't want billion, I think we. I, I want my team to win, so I'm going to try to help. But I also know it don't guarantee anything. And go and go do go do your best. Just, just go and do the best we can. And, and if these guys can't get it done, we find somebody else, and we keep rotating it until we find somebody. And I ain't saying find somebody every four years, but I am saying as you give guys five, six years, then we'll try again. And I just keep fighting. That's all. That's 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 what the sport is about to me. Y'all guys have a great day, Sterling. Uh, appreciate the call this morning. Uh, again, I, I think there's some truth to what you said about Jimbo Fisher getting paid all that money and it not being bigger of a deal if some guys are making hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. I don't ever want to be limited in what I can make at all in sports radio or any other aspect of my life. And I get that again. Fans are frustrated. And the idea that this is where it's headed. But I don't think any of you would be in favor of some hierarchy trying to limit what you can make based on rising salaries or based on some people saying that you make too much, whatever line of work you're in. Again, that might be an unpopular belief this morning from the football side of things. And again, I brought it up earlier that we have shifted our societal's way of thinking in probably the wrong direction in certain cases, including sports, entertainers, whatever. But that's where we are right now. What's the old adage? You're worth what someone's willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what's happening right now in college sports because of the money and it's brought in. Chuck always says it's best. It's the front porch of your university. Arkansas's front porch doesn't look great right now. You got some tidying up to do. You got to add, so you got some restructuring. You got to change some things about it. If your football program is better, I guarantee you there'll be more enrollment. Arkansas already had, they're they're busted 30,000 students this, I think it was two years ago, and it's, again, once a grown again at that. So, you build up your football program, you're still going to get more students to come. It's not the only reason, but that's one of the reasons kids look to come to certain colleges is what your football program is doing at that point. Well, it's your, it's one of your best marketing tools that, uh, that there are out there. So, I mean, you look at way, the way Alabama's university has grown under Nick Saban's leadership in the football program over nearly two decades now. And, you know, you could easily make the case because how much is the college credit hour? Uh, a few hundred dollars Pricey, now. Yeah. You know, so you're talking, you know. Four or $500 worth of t- books. Well, but just the, uh, well, the, but they don't make money on books. That's what they tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. wrong. Uh, anyway, why do we even need books? That's a whole other subject. But point is when you start adding thousands and thousands of students, when your enrollment at a school goes from 25 to 40,000 annually, because your football program is doing well, 
Start figuring out what the average cost of, of just tuition is on a semester and then multiply that by 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And you'll realize how valuable athletics are to a university. Yep. Financially. Football program didn't have a good season. You're hoping your basketball program does a little better. As we shift our focus, not just here in the state, but there will be more people watching college basketball at this point. Conference play gets going in about an hour. So we're going to shift our Pradco pyramid of power from football to basketball at this point. Did Arkansas make the top six in our Pradco? By the way, Bruce is on a flight. So Bruce Dan and Pradco fishing will not be joining us this morning. He'll be back with us, I think, next week. Um, but did Arkansas make the top six? Yes. Yes, they did. Do we have the intro or are we, uh, we still shifting there? No, no, no shifting. intro today? All right. Yes, our Pradco Pyramid of Power. First basketball, kind of a rough draft exhibition version of uh, the Pradco Pyramid of Power. I got, I got Arkansas starting five as the number one team and Arkansas second five as the second team. Does that sound about right to you? Say that one more time. He wasn't listening. I'm not going to tell the joke twice. All right, Pradco Pyramid of Power. At the top of the pyramid, I've got Kentucky, 6-2. and two. They have losses to Kansas. They beat Miami, also lost to UNC Wilmington this weekend. But I've got Kentucky at 6-2 and two at the top of the Pradco Pyramid of Power in week one. They've got some outstanding freshmen. Um, y'all are going to have to help. Reed Shepard's the kid now. He had a dad that played on Kentucky back, I think, in the 90s that some of you might be familiar with. Uh, they have got a really good basketball team. They still uh, kept an older player or two. That is going to be probably the team to beat once again in the SEC this year. All right, so Kentucky won. Tennessee, their record not as good as others at four and three, and they've lost three in a row. But look at their um, their losses. They've lost to Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina. Not in that order, but those are three good losses. Yeah. So I've got Tennessee. I still think they're the best, the second best team in the SEC. I got A and M at three. Uh, Wade Taylor, one of the best players in this, not only in this league but in the uh, in the country, averaging nearly nineteen a game. Their two losses at six and two are to FAU. And Virginia this last weekend in the uh, and this last week in the ACC SEC Challenge. FAU, of course, Final Four team last year, mm-hmm. and then Virginia uh, actually was upset by. I'll give you a, who were they upset by last year in the NCAA tournament? Who, who Virginia was upset by? I don't know. You have to remember Furman. Furman. Okay, they got there you go. Furman. Okay, uh, Arkansas. I got Arkansas. The Razorbacks at number four, six and three. We know about the Duke win. We know who the losses are: Memphis, North Carolina, and to Greensboro. I got the Razorbacks checking in at number four. Deep team, good team, and um, I got them as fourth best here to, to start the Pride Co. Pyramid of Power. Alabama at five. They've lost to Ohio State and to Clemson. They play Purdue on Saturday. We'll get some more answers about the Crimson Tide. And then Ole Miss has the best record. They are 7-0 and right now. 6-0 and at home. They beat Memphis on Saturday. I got Ole Miss at six. So, one through six of the Pride Co. Pyramid of Power, Kentucky, Tennessee, a&M, followed by the Razorbacks, the Crimson Tide, and the Ole Miss Rebels. Where am I right? Where am I wrong? I had it the exact same way. Uh, again, I know Kentucky lost to another UNC school, but they are going to be a tough out this year. You get them at home first, then you get them at Rupp at the tail end of the season. Uh, Tennessee, you just get at home. Ban- or A&M, you get on the road and at home. And then Bama, you got to go on the road. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember what the what the old Miss setup is. If that's a road and home game this year, if you have to go to the Pavilion or if they come to Bud Walton Arena, but I had it the exact same way yep, this morning. No that's push the snapshots. All right, so that's where we'll begin, and we'll see how that evolves over the next uh, month or so. And we've got you know right at a month till we begin conference play on that Saturday, January sixth. So we're right at a month out from. SEC play beginning. All right, the Pradco Pyramid of Power brought to you this morning by Pradco. You know, with the holidays coming up, Pradco lures make the perfect stocking stuffer. So if you're looking for that perfect, uh, you know, inexpensive gift to reward that special someone on your list or the perfect small item for someone, pick up the Bobby Garland Baby Shad, a Smithwick original, suspending Ratlin Rogue, maybe the Umbrella Flash Mob Jr., uh, maybe some yum dingers. Those are always great holiday stocking stuffers. So look for them at Walmart, Bass Pro Shops, Academy, LureNet.com, and tackle stores all over the place and get one of the great brands made by Pradco here in Arkansas. All right, so I don't know how this happened, but evidently Florida State fans got their hands on Nick Saban's 
telephone number. He apparently had over 250 anonymous callers yesterday telling him why they shouldn't be in the college football playoff over <laughs> the Seminoles. I wonder how point. many he answered. Does he even answer his own phone? I think he or probably, does he have someone that answers the phone for him? Probably Maybe. has a coach do it for well, him. Well, I mean, who's the what's the guy do when they because you know, he's got the guy that the gentleman that stands behind him with a cup of water wherever he goes during the game. You've seen him oh, for really? years. You notice that before? I must. There's the guy that I mean. I mean, he is. I mean, if, if Nick Saban took a hard right hand turn, that guy might break his neck. He is so far up his butt, but he that's his job, his only job, stay right behind him, cup of water. So maybe he's the phone answerer. How low, I mean, you know you're powerful and you got money when someone answers the phone for you all the time. I just don't think I could. That's the last call person I'd want, last coach I would want to troll. You know, call and why? I feel I just feel like he would. I wouldn't want him to yell at me, even though well, I don't. He's not like he can make you do up downs. I know. I just feel like he would. Even over the phone, he would be. You think he'd rip into Florida State fans? Come on, yeah, get into. I I don't. Have it, you seen him yelling at people, man? Uh, you, uh, no one no one likes that. I don't care what they say. All right, I'll tell you what. You ask him a tough question at Media Days next year and see if you can get him to pop off. Well, I challenge well, you. So so you want to ask a question just to get a coach angry? Well, you just told him to grow up here. Let's well, see we're talking about a prank call. There's a difference in a prank call and a press conference. Uh, That's what's wrong with the media. Is people, smart Alex like you these days, they just want to ask a question to become famous. I would never do something <laughs> like that. I don't. Again, I, I don't think, but to, to Tommy's point, Christian, I don't think that, first was, of all, I don't think he would exert, exert, exert the energy to actually no. get worked up on that. Second, I did find it really entertaining and funny, though. I saw a Florida senator uh, send a, a letter. Oh, or there's something a bunch of saber rattling that means nothing going on right now in trying Florida. To, trying to get votes. Santo. Yeah, they're all trying to placate to the base. You brought up something. I thought pretty surprising, though, on the Bet Saracen app that Michigan actually is a favorite against Alabama. Point and a half, yeah. That is uh, that is really surprising to me at this point. I know it's early, but even as an opening line to have them favored at this point in time, I again, I think there's a lot of people that expect Alabama to win that game. I think it's going to be a great game. And you got the best, two best running backs in college football combination with Edwards and Corum. And then on the other side, you got this Jalen Milrow kid who's been doubted all season and yet in the biggest moments continues to thrive, whether it's beating Georgia for the first time in, what, two years or making the throw against Auburn. I have really come around on him at this point. That's why I think Alabama's going to pull out a squeaker against Michigan. I'm not of the belief they're going to blow him out, but I think it's going to be a great game that we have to look forward to, and I think Texas advances as well. I think what college football would rather have is Texas and Michigan, I think we're going to get a Texas-Alabama rematch. Bo on the McClarty-Daniel hotline says, what's FSU going to say when Georgia throttles them yeah. in the Orange Bowl? I don't see how that's a... Unless Georgia just has a bunch of... Uh, Chuck made this point yesterday, he's right. Unless Georgia just has a bunch of early NFL departures and transfer portal guys, I don't see Florida State being able to compete with the backup quarterback against Georgia. Now, if they had Jordan Travis, different story. They don't. So yeah. I don't think Georgia will lose that football game. Yeah, and Robbie makes a good point. Saban's got a month to prepare for this. Watch out. He's pretty good. <laughs> He's pretty good with a lot of time. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
got the official announcement from the University of Arkansas yesterday that Eric Mateos has been hired as the offensive line co- coach. This was announced over the weekend by several different college football people, and it became official yesterday. He's worked at Baylor, worked at BYU as a GA under Sam Pittman here from 2013 to 2015. He's got 13 NFL players in his coaching background at this point. Now he's coming back to a place that he really wanted to get back to, it sounds like. Yeah, we, we, I don't think we broke the story. We reported it Friday. Footballscoop.com uh, had that out while we were on Friday, while you were away. So um, not a surprise. He's, you know, him and Sam Pittman familiar with each other. Obviously going to fit the blocking schemes in the way that Bobby Petrino uh, wants to run this offense. And as I remember, he also coached the offensive line when Pittman left after the 15th season. I believe he was the... Uh, the one that coached the offensive line during that, I believe it's the Liberty Bowl that year against Kansas State. So he, uh, you know, he is a name that should be familiar to fans that have paid attention for, for a while. I think Alex Collins' final game at the University of Arkansas and had himself quite a finish in Memphis, Tennessee. Did get some news yesterday. Torian Carter, Devin Manuel, A.J. Green all hitting the transfer portal. Uh, in addition to those exits, it sounds like that Cam Ball and Ty Washington are coming back to campus at this point. There's going to be more of these this week, but those are the notable ones that happened last day or so. Run that list again. Torian Carter, A.J. Green. And Devin Manuel. Devin Manuel. All right, so you lost a lineman, a wide receiver, and a defensive lineman. So. Yeah. A guy that had 25 tackles this past season, Carter, Devin Manuel, played, I want to say it was nine or ten games, and then A.J. Green was your leading running back rusher. I think K.J. actually had the most yards, but in terms of running back what rusher. I, say? Well, I said wide receiver, I meant running back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're AJ good. Green. I know what you meant. Yeah. All right, other news. Uh, I saw this last night. The Purdue game were the funds were raised um to for money uh in little rock and central arkansas for the tornado relief so united way announced that they raised raised over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at a ceremony for that last night and that was the money off of the um the exhibition game so i mean you, you wonder you know all these tickets you know where does the money really go hey a quarter million dollars is a significant impact so Good for uh, good on the fans. I mean, good for the university for putting that together. Good on the fans for buying the tickets to make that happen. Yep. Last thing here, Trevin Brazil. I know that people are wondering about his status for the Oklahoma game. Here is what Must said in regards to what happened with about two minutes to go last night. It's pretty bad sprain. Yep. Having said that, 24 hours from now we'll know more. Nothing other than a sprain. Doctors were messing with it, and it is a sprain. It is a pretty good sprain. It's already swollen. TB has been, uh, when I look at his what he's done with the training staff through his whole rehab, like he was living in the training room, and we're going to need him to be in the training room a lot to try to get the swelling down and the mobility whenever he can play. I'm not sure when that will be. So this is coming after he won SEC Player of the Week with 19 points and 11 rebounds against Duke. Had a solid game last night. Knocked down two three-pointers. Again, always a force on the glass. Had a highlight reel play. You hope you have him for the Oklahoma game because Oklahoma's a good offensive rebounding team. Top 30 in all of college basketball. Much brought that up yesterday. They pound the glass, especially their three and four. So if you don't have him for Saturday... Some other guys, specifically Chandler Lawson, who had a great game last night. Also, Makai Mitchell and Jalen Graham, they're going to have to step up. Well, the good news is this isn't an injury that even if it takes him out of Saturday's game, that you know he should be well uh, well ready to play for conference play, you would assume. Mm-hmm. I mean, ankles happen, things like this occur. It's a, it's a game of motion and quick breaks and a lot of agility and movement, so he won't be the last to probably have an ankle problem for this team. Good news is it's not like last year where he's gone for the year. That happened on that and one, right? He, no, it was a rebound oh, that okay. he grabbed and then threw away. His ankle turned sideways. That well, end one scared me a little the, bit when I saw it. The, the alley-oop dunk, he had an awkward landing because the pass was too high and the, yeah. the, the way his body came to the floor, that was that was a scarier-looking play just because of the awkward landing. Yeah, and I've, no joke, I watched my friend tear his ACL in the exact same way that Trevin came down last night. So it was scary to well, me because, yeah, because uh, the the perpendicular kind of sideways jump and trying to land that way. 
doesn't always go according to plan. Luckily, again, that wasn't an issue for Trevin Brazil last night. You mentioned that awkward fall where the guy kind of undercut him. That was his case. I mean, there was a couple times he, you know, I'd, I'm worried. When you get your, when you're as athletic as these guys are, and particularly TB, you put yourself up in the air as high as they do, things things awkwardly happen as you come back to earth. Yeah, and that's, uh, again, something that, He's had to deal with a lot considering of how uh, talented and how high he can jump to this point. Happy, again, that he had a good game last night. Just hoping he's okay, if not for the Oklahoma game, but for games moving forward after that. That's going to do it for your Hog Update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. Well, well. you don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. I do want to mention this, and... Thought this was going to happen. Ended up happening last night. Former, I say former, current Mizzou running back Cody Schrader ended up winning the Burlesworth Trophy last night. He jokingly opened up his speech saying, I want to thank you for safely allowing me back in the state of Arkansas after going for 200 plus yards just mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Uh, here was the announcement from Marty Burlesworth last night. The winner of the 2023 Burlesworth Trophy from the University of Missouri, Cody Schrader. And just a little background on him. Some of you know his story, some of you don't. Originally started his career at Truman State, which is a Division II program. Uh, he ended up being elevated at one point in time. He was like seven or eighth on the depth chart at Missouri. This past season, he had nearly 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. He led all all FBS running backs in rushing yards per game at nearly 125. On a good football team. Yeah. Deserved it. Got it. And uh, I hate that I'm happy for a Missouri player, but you kind of have to like this kid's story, where he well, started and where he's at right all now. All of these stories with the Burlesworth Trophy are are excellent. So uh, they're all excellent. So I guess the Broyles Award's coming up. That today or is that yesterday? I guess it's the, the actual ceremonies today. I believe so. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I don't know 100 percent about yeah, that. I believe that's today at the uh, Capitol Hotel in Little Rock. So they'll hand out the Broyles Award later on. So getting into that award season, they'll have the big college football award show coming up. Of course, the Heisman Trophy coming up. I guess what this Saturday. So uh, we know the finalists on that award as well. Now, and Jaden Daniels, uh, the representative, if you will, at least for the SEC. Yeah, I hope he wins. You got Daniels, you got Michael Penix for Washington, Bo Nix for Oregon, who lost to Penix twice. There's no way that kid wins. Uh, and then also Marvin Harrison Jr., the best wide receiver in college football. I think it's down between Penix and Daniels. Penix had the luxury of winning the Pac-12 championship, being on this weekend. But if you look at Daniels' stats, let me read this off, Tommy. He's thrown for nearly 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns. In addition to all that, he's run for over... 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns while completing 72% of his passes. Just to put that in perspective, he has better stats than Joe Burrow. Burrow just had a defense to accompany him in 2019. Daniels does not. Listen, I know you're not supposed to like an LSU quarterback. This kid deserves the Heisman Trophy, even with the 9-3 and record. It's going to be very Lamar slash Robert Griffin the third esque where incredible player, not on the best of teams. I think he gets it this Saturday. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua Sign Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. 
All right, big weekend in the National Football League. Cowboys won on Thursday night. Eagles dropped a big one in the 49ers, and they also had, again, last night, the Jags losing to the Cincinnati Bengals in a backup quarterback. But of the NFL teams, Christian, what guys stood out that are former Razorbacks this weekend? Well, Frank Ragnow played for the Detroit Lions, and we know what he does on the offensive line. He's one of the best in the NFL. They barely hung on to win against the Saints on Sunday, 33-28. to They had 142 yards rushing, and when I say barely, I mean the Saints made a valiant effort to come back, and they made that a ball game. Now, I was reading on the crawl. We had Red Zone Channel on. I think Ragnow left that game early with an, with an injury. I just remember reading Ragnow injured and left early, so Hopefully he's okay. Cowboys, 49ers, and Lions all 9-3 and three in the NFC right now. Niners, of course, have that uh, tiebreaker if they if it came to that over the Cowboys. And then the Eagles just have that one game advantage. So it's coming down to it at the NFC down the stretch. Seems like a lot of Razorbacks are banged up in the NFL right now. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, however, was not banged up. but <laughs> He was trying to do some banging up. Yeah, he did. And he got into an altercation with the head of security for the Eagles on the sideline. He had two solo tackles, and he helped out on five before he left the game. It was like 21-6 when he left <laughs> And the one suplex. Yeah. Yeah. 42-19 yeah. to was the final on that one. Uh, the 49ers defense, even without Dre Greenlaw, is still yeah. pretty good. I they, bet the uh, league tightens up a little more on who can – on sideline access, and uh, this whole deal with with Dom, their security guy. I wonder if if uh, the league will, you know, maybe put some new protocols and guidelines in on who can actually be on the sidelines. <laughs> and just when you bad think, look for the league, just when you think it can't get any worse for the Patriots, they lose six to nothing to the Chargers on Sunday. Hunter Henry had two catches for fifteen yards. Dietrich did not play with a shoulder injury. Yeah, they're bad. Bailey Zappi uh, was, I think, the starter in that game, and they just – Belichick's in a tough spot right now. Really, Kraft might be in a tougher spot. I mean, are you really going to fire the Hall of Fame coach uh, or are you going to let him ride out in the sunset? I don't know what's going to ha- off or happen in Foxborough, but it is it has been anything but according to plan this season. Yeah, really the last couple, to be honest. Wasn't exactly a coming out party for Henry against his former team, the Chargers. The Washington Commanders got blown out for the second week in a row, this time by the Dolphins, 45-15. Cam Curl had four solo tackles. One of the few bright spots on that team. There's not a lot of other things Rivera can point to and say, yeah, we're heading in the right direction. Not a lot of bright spots for the Titans either. Burks did not play on Sunday in their 31-28 overtime loss. Yelda Froholt and the Arizona Cardinals, they got a pretty big upset win over the Steelers 24-10 on Sunday. Former Steeler James Conner had a pretty good day on the ground with 105 yards rushing. Yeah, I know Phil was disappointed in that result. I had a couple of Morning Rush listeners that are Steeler fans that were there and, uh, and in, in Hodgefield. It did not. It was not, a, uh, it was not a game you wanted to attend if you were a Steelers fan. Now, Monteric Brown played last week for the Jaguars. He did not play this week. They uh, lost 34-31 to the Bengals in the over in overtime. Jake Browning for the Bengals put up a phenomenal game, 32 of 37, 354 yards passing. However, Jeremiah Ledbetter, a former hog, did see some action for the Jaguars on the defensive line. Yep. Uh, Browning, uh, former Washington quarterback, played great last night. Hate that Trevor Lawrence walked off the field with an injury. If you're an NFL fan, but now they find themselves in a in a tough situation, being where they are at in the division in the AFC. So speaking of Lindsey, I know some have asked the question: Will Bobby Petrino recruit Drake Lindsey? You pointed this out to me. I hadn't seen this uh, post from yesterday. This is from Drake himself. I am a thousand percent committed to Minnesota. Where. He's going under P.J. Fleck right now. Just wanted to get that out there. RTB. I don't know what RTB means. It's got to be a, a Minnesota phrase or yep. something. But you pointed that out to me in a break. And I want to, since we're talking about the Lindsays, feel like that was something yeah. that people want to know about this morning. So, I mean, I've heard Houston Nutt, who's come to watch him play and, and cheered for Fayetteville and been in the stands, you know, sing his praises. I've, I've seen several people compare him to Ryan Mallett and his passing ability he's not a running quarterback he's not dual threat but pro style pocket passer guy he is um he is as accurate and as good as i've seen in a while in the high school ranks so um if arkansas is going to end up getting 
Drake Lindsay on campus sounds like they got a lot of work to do to uh, overcome a thousand percent commitment. Yeah, sounds like he's his own guy, making his own decisions. Sounds to me like uh, you know he's going to Minnesota. Yeah, a lot of transfer quarterbacks. Something to keep an eye on when it comes to what's going on, not just with Arkansas football, high school quarterbacks. Row as, the, yeah, row the boat. That's that's right. That's, row that, the boat. That's PJ Flex, big deal. Okay, all right. Row the boat. Now I know something else this morning. Now let's talk to Tom Murphy on the morning rush. Tom, were you familiar with RTV? Did you know Row the Boat was the Minnesota P.J. Fleck phrase as we welcome you in this morning? Yeah, good morning. Good to talk to you guys. Oh, yeah, somebody pulled the rug right out from under me, man. I was going to come on and go, oh, (laughs) Row the Boat. Yeah. But, yeah, I saw that post, too, and I also saw Drake play in the game. I watched the the whole game the other day. Well, he's got a a really nice – he's got a quick, like, compact throw with – it doesn't look like super, you know – with a ton of effort, but boy, he can he can spin it real good. Mm. So, um, yeah, thousand percent commitment is tough to overcome. So we'll see. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, I know a lot of people continuously ask us about KJ Jefferson, and we have not seen an update for him since he said, "I have not made a decision yet." Tom, in your opinion, do we see an update from him this week? You know, I I've talked to some folks, and basically what I, what I've been told is. We're all operating on KJ time. And so it's going to be whenever he decides what he's going to do. Um, I'm sure this season has probably opened his eyes up a little bit in terms of, um, you know, what the pro style demands from him, how fast he has to read, you know, defenses and make adjustments and things. And I think being on the same page with his receivers and on the blocking schemes was a big deal this year. I think that impacted the Arkansas offense and um, don't know what kind of advice he's getting. uh, But I think it might behoove him to stay another year in college and earn some more NIL money um, because he has good earning power this year um, as opposed to what he might command as a pro and, and who knows where his pro career will lead. But anyway, I don't know is the answer to whether it will be this week. I mean, is a full month in the portal and I'm sure he's getting a lot of input. So, um, when KJ decides, he'll probably let, uh, the populace know. What about some of the other exits? We've seen it from Torian Carter, Devin Manuel, AJ green of those three surprised at all. That it looks like they're going to continue their college football careers elsewhere. Well, I have to say covering the team, we have limited access with these guys, but, uh, and I, I have not – Devin Manuel, we did not talk to him during the course of the year. He was injured, and, you know, they generally don't do injured guys. And then the line was not playing well. And so our, our chances to talk to linemen were pretty limited. Um, but I, the few times we've talked to A.J. Green, what a wonderful kid. Um, and the storyline of Jimmy Smith keeping that – tailback room together was a was a great deal over the last couple of years i mean james jointer left but i mean when you're talking about guys who are playing I, i'm not sure if anybody left who was getting you know real playing time um so um it, it's slightly surprising but yet uh with the way augustov finished the season um maybe aj felt like he's a guy who has earned more playing time than what he was getting in this rotation. Maybe the, the, the kind of the lackluster year running the ball is something, and who, who knows what all other motivations. So slightly surprising, hate to see him go. And the same with Torian Carter. I mean, we all saw it in that spring two years ago. He was blowing dudes off the line. He was having a phenomenal – you could just see he was ready to make a jump when he injured his knee in the spring showcase. So that's that, – that's a – you know, a big impact on his career and, frankly, the Arkansas defense in 2022 that he wasn't available. Hate to see him go, too. Love talking to that kid. Um, and so, Manuel, um, yeah, it was an injury-plague type year. And, again, you don't know what all influences these kids are having, What you know, what the negative impact of the fan base being really upset with the O-line has on these kids. So, um, I think the number will grow. Um, it's going to be a, a trickle, and I don't know if there will ever be, you know, a final. Uh, I mean, there will be a final accounting, but I don't know when it will will be. 
but they'll lose some guys, maybe not as bad as, as last year, um, and maybe not as many impactful guys. But, I mean, so far it's been, you know, several guys who have been real key contributors, and you'd like to think Devin Manuel could have developed into a, you know, a, a, a really high-quality SEC left tackle. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Everything I want to come back to KJ. Everything considered, new offensive coordinator, new new install coming with the offense. If KJ did decide to come back to the Razorback, should we just presume he's the starter? Or do you think there's truly an open competition for that spot? That's a great question. Of course, they they have to be um, active, I would say, in the, in the quarterback portal sweepstakes. I mean, there's a lot of big names out there. Um, yeah, I mean, Dylan Gabriel from right next door. Um, and here's the thing, the Bobby Petrino name, what does that mean to a guy who thinks, you know, one more really good year of seasoning with a guy whose attack is proven, what would that mean to my career? I mean, these are long-term financial decisions that these families are probably weighing in on. And so to answer your question, between Jacoby Criswell and uh, any incoming talent, and K.J. Jackson for that matter, um, yeah, I would I would say it would be an open competition. Um, clearly, K.J.'s got a bunch of years of high quality. And, and look, it's been a bad year, but that kid's dual threat capability uh, was helped them win a lot of games mm-hmm. in 2021 and, and 22. And I know the fans might have gotten a little frustrated. Um, you know, he threw into some coverages sometimes. He missed some guys this year that was a little un-K.J.-like. Um, and who knows, maybe – Maybe the NIL money, maybe we saw where a, a season went by where the NIL money um, affected somebody's focus in some way. So I think the, an- the answer to your question is, if KJ returns, I would think you have to open it up. I mean, ostensibly they opened up the quarterback competition everywhere, but KJ's kind of earned that right the last couple of years, and who knows what, what this will yield. Um, I would like to think they'd bring in a, a portal quarterback if KJ were to go to, to challenge Jacoby and the rest of the group. Yeah. I just really don't see him playing here, but I guess the longest odds on the board would be him returning and not earning the job. But I, I don't see those two things really uh, going together with Sam Pittman uh, as the Agreed. head coach. So I just, I, yeah. I really don't see those two things uh, adding up, but you just think about it from KJ's perspective, Bobby Petrino would potentially be his, if he, if he stayed, it would be his third offensive coordinator in three years. Um, third and fourth seasons. I mean that, that 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 there's two sides to that coin. That's good because you got different sources of knowledge. Um, bad because you hadn't had any stability and continuity. Exactly. And Bobby Petrino is going to make a quarterback uh, study and and understand and and go be in the classroom and say what adjustments do we make here? What's our best option if we see this pressure coming from here? Um, and and be on point. I mean, you've heard the testimonials from Ryan Mallett and, and Tyler Wilson over the years about how exacting he was and Casey Dick. So uh, I think it would take a, a brand-new level of commitment from KJ uh, for Arkansas to basically want him back to, to try to win the job again. Tom Murphy with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, you, you mentioned something there I thought was interesting, kind of like the Bobby Petrino boost and a guy that might be in his last year or final year. How much do you think Arkansas is in the running if KJ departs for one of those high-profile transfer quarterbacks that have entered the portal the last few days? Yeah, I've seen some smoke on, on some of the names um, that, that would be very interested in Arkansas. Um because he has a track record. And so I, I would think <clears throat> if I'm a quarterback, though, I would want to see what's happening with the offensive line. I mean, because if you look at the numbers, 47 sacks is, is just too much. And will they be able to improve themselves you know, through the portal with O-linemen? Um, and I guess they wouldn't have to make a decision until they saw what the O-line started to look like. But there may be other situations out there that look immediately better for them. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's a tough, it's a tough um, tango to get through, but they have to make the fact that you know we're going to be a better offensive line. We're you know the the blocking schemes will improve, um, and um, you know Eric Mateos and Sam Pittman combined are going to help this unit. And if you come in, you, you know we're going to make you better. And so um, it's it's just a combination of factors. But I do think 
it's an attractive position for transfer quarterbacks. Are you surprised uh, Cody Kennedy uh, got another SEC job? I don't know what his connection is to Jeff Lebby. Um, what, what did you think about that move that some would say is horizontal in some cases? Yeah, well, I mean, not shocking, but I think the writing was on the wall for Cody, even though he's, I mean, I think Sam Pittman almost considered him like a son because he was a protege. Uh, we've seen his coaching style, um, and uh, I enjoy talking to Cody. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where this unit performed the worst on the team, and so something has to change. And uh, I'm not shocked uh, that he's gone to Mississippi State. He's got a good name in the industry. It's just, it was just a rough year. And, you know, sometimes those happen. And I know um, coaches would all say this wasn't all on the offensive line. But they just did not run block the way they could have. And then 47 sacks speak for itself. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Real quick, let's talk some basketball. Hogs went over Furman. Uh, got uh, Oklahoma coming up on Saturday. Great bench effort last night for the Razorbacks. In fact, a deeper rotation, Tom, with 10 different Razorbacks playing a significant number of minutes for the Razorbacks in their 97-83 win over Furman. Mm-hmm. And you heard Eric Musselman say it. Like, we're, we're giving guys auditions right now. And he, he was very specific about how Devo Davis is defending the top scoring threat on the perimeter on other teams, and Tremont Mark is, is defending the second best. He says whoever wins like the third best, the most minutes at that position, has got to play better defense. And so, you know, there's LLS in that mix and, and, and battle. And, and, of course, you've got to consider battle for extended minutes because of his offensive scoring prowess. But what he's saying is that, that position has got to deliver us better defense. And, man, Furman had a smoking three-point shooting night from the start and stayed connected in the game for so long because of that. And then um, Arkansas got, you know, they pounded the ball inside, and Musselman clearly felt they weren't getting the fouls called uh, for free-throw shooting opportunities. Uh, they averaged 29 a game, and they had 21 last night, and Furman shot almost as many. Now, nine of those were <laughs> in two different trips. Yeah. So, uh, or I guess five – Six of those were in two trips. But anyway, um, yeah, and Tre- Trevon- Trevon Brazil's injury, um, it started swelling immediately. So that doesn't tell me that he'd be uh, available at 100% for o- Oklahoma on Saturday, which is, which is troubling because he does so many things, his rebounding prowess, three-point shooting and all that. So it's a little bit of a concern. But if he's out, it just gives more guys on the bench more time. Um, like Layden Blocker. Yeah. Uh, he, he talked so highly of Layden as a, a warrior. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.